In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hello, and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Betches Sup Podcast is your weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that's happened in the news, explained by your three funniest friends. Which Which is us. us. Today we're talking about the impeachment articles being delivered. Lev Parnas. And Liz and Bernie. Let's get into it. Betches Media presents. Like beer, I don't know if you do. Okay. You like beer, Senator, or not? Um, Mom, I want a vape. Ah! Nude pictures of Trump. Come on now. Don't mess with me. The Betches Sup Podcast. How dare you? I think what's getting us all collectively through the week is that these articles of impeachment are delivered. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, it happened. I think that's getting us through the week both practically because there's so much news that yeah. we couldn't possibly all do three if stories. There was another issue. Three then. mini stories right now. And also like that is genuinely... Yeah. What's getting me through the week. Right, right. The House officially sent the articles of impeachment to the Senate last night. Um, Nancy signed them with a whole shit ton of pens. Yeah. It was so funny. It was funny. She I, just wanted to make sure everyone got a pen. Yeah. yeah. I actually hated this and think they should have done it backstage. But because <laughs> it's just like I can see all the MAGA people being like they wanted them out day one. And then they're handing out these commemorative impeachment pens. <laughs> and I know it's something it, they it, always do. But it it's did like, feel like a weird relic of like. I don't know, like when our government was formed, like it just felt right. very silly. It, like, it, and it also was very funny to me that, like, when they were talking about, like, okay, we, she has to appoint the appoint the impeachment managers to mm-hmm. deliver the articles. You kind of feel like, oh, that's probably like a set, like a congressional term, and what that means is like they have to go be part of some discussion. No, no. <laughs> it's literally she appointed seven people to bring paper. Mm-hmm. To a, the other side of the building. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and they're doing it again today where they read them aloud in an engrossment ceremony. I get that, like, this is a serious thing yeah. and there should be, like, some ceremonial, like, nature to it, but it did just feel silly. Yeah. <laughs> the pens, the jaw, the many, many pens. I, have, I just also, like, have a problem with any sort of, like, traditions. Like, I, everything is so weird to yeah. me. Like, when you, like, when people like do like even like like weddings, wedding ceremonies, and vows exchanges or gra- graduations, I'm like, this is all so weird. Yes. So just seeing that makes it weird for me. Yeah, there was it. There was something that made it very silly. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Like like from from the pens to just the idea that like we have to appoint yeah these people so that they can like. It's just funny that all we've had all this back and forth about like when is Nancy Pelosi going to send the articles over and they're just like two like two different offices in the right. same building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's yeah, yeah, it's like two different departments yeah. and they just like can't actually get their shit together to communicate. Yeah. Exactly. The uh, only good thing I liked about that whole ceremonial part is that the House impeachment manager, managers were led by the House clerk, a woman named Cheryl Johnson. Uh, I was reading about her this morning and she's just had a bunch of really cool jobs um, in government and in the House. Um, and Nancy Pelosi appointed her the House clerk when she became Speaker of the House again. And she's black. And so there was a tweet by um, Tiffany 
Cross who pointed out that like you have this black woman who's who's bringing over the articles of impeachment against a white mm-hmm. supremacist president was just really gratifying. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um they put they appointed a pretty like diverse group. Totally. But the seven impeachment managers were I mean first off Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler, which makes sense. Match. They're the ha- chairman of the House Intelligence and House Judiciary Committee, so can you imagine if she didn't? Yeah, yeah. she snubbed them. Yeah. Like they're this, they're like Greta Gerwig with Little Women. Yeah. She's just like, <laughs> oh my god, that was upsetting. I, I can't even talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's very upsetting. It's too too much trauma. Um, but they also got Rep. Val Demings, Zoe Lofgren, Sylvia Garcia, Hakeem Jeffries, and Jason Crow. So, and mm-hmm. a lot of those are like first time or semi new people. So it was a good little mix. I like yeah. Hakeem Jeffries. Hakeem Jeffries. I'm obsessed is cool. with Val Demings. Yeah. She was the first police chief. Um, in Orlando and was a cop for like 27 years and the oh, first wow. female police chief oh yeah did I say first <laughs> police, police chief I was like, uh, they, they haven't they... had a police chief in Orlando until now maybe yeah. that's why some like, fucking shit goes yeah, down I was like Florida. Orlando's fucking crazy there were no rules <laughs> no right lawless yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah then yeah more a little bit more bullshit today and then Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts will swear in the senators and they will vow to be impartial which mm-hmm. is hilarious mm-hmm. and the trial's gonna start Tuesday yeah. yeah which is also crazy because that does mean that Bernie Sanders yeah. and Elizabeth Warren and Klobuchar mm-hmm. all have to leave the campaign trail mm-hmm. to go be in the hearing two weeks before the Iowa two weeks before Iowa which I'm sure none of them are happy about but it's also like well here you you, go you have to do this yeah Yeah. and I think it's six days a week I think they do it Saturday too yeah yeah so they only have Sundays like are they gonna just like fly out in the morning and Um, fly back at night I mean I would think maybe in the past they would like fly together no I think a lot of them are gonna use like I imagine AOC will be in Iowa for Bernie I think that Julian Castro is gonna be working real hard for Liz in Iowa and then I don't know Klobuchar's horde of terrified interns yeah What's well, the thing is they all have they have volunteers who'll be out there. I'm sure they'll come out on Sundays yeah. and hold like huge rallies or something to like yes. try and I don't know galvanize more voters to go out and caucus for them. What's interesting to me is that um, the senators have to just sit there quietly the totally. entire time. Uh-huh. So because like I think initially I would have thought it was going to be like the other hearings we've seen where people they each get a chance to talk and I'm like well okay then I'm sure like Liz and Bernie and Amy Klobuchar are going to like make yeah. a big moment out of it and do their thing but they actually don't say anything yeah they write their questions on like note cards yeah yeah so they're just gonna be like sitting yeah. there right right yeah i mean I, I yeah i don't know how fun it's gonna be for us to watch it won't be as entertaining no as the i don't think that it's gonna be actually like a very interesting <laughs> thing to watch at all yeah <laughs> not at all well, it really seems like after all of this, now that like they've, they've the House has finally sent the articles of impeachment, it seems like Nancy Pelosi like really just played this so well. Everyone was like so doubtful, like why is she holding on to them? Why isn't she sending them over? And between now, like the time they actually passed the impeachment, like we'll get into Lev Parnas obviously, but like those files have come out. But now you're seeing because originally there was even a, a, a chance of the senators not even like just calling a mistrial. Yeah. You know, not calling any witnesses, not, do you know, um, asking for more information. But now it even seems that because she had waited and, you know, of reportings, there is at least, sort of say, there are at least four Republicans who are willing to vote to call witnesses in the Senate. Yeah, which we only need 51 senators to do mm-hmm. to call witnesses. And also, I do feel like 
Well, she didn't like specifically get Mitch McConnell to be like, I agree to witnesses. Yeah. Um, the whole her whole thing about not giving over the articles, sh- like it shined a light on the, the Senate trial as something that has the potential to be very unfair and corrupt. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And got it into the public consciousness that like Mitch McConnell is being shady with the Senate trial at all. And I think if she had just handed over the impeachment articles immediately, none of that or we'd be trying to have that conversation, but it would be competing directly with the impeachment trial. And like, right. And even mm -hmm. though if only a few senators in that time did say like, oh, yeah, I have some concerns about what McConnell is, how McConnell says he'll handle this. Like also like John Bolton said he would testify. And then Mitt Romney was like, I'd like to hear from him, if he Mm -hmm. will, all in that time. And the ones that didn't say anything in response to this, that said things with their silence. They went Mm. to like town halls and were asked, like, you really, you really don't think we need to hear from anybody else, even though you just spent months complaining that that Democrats did this too fast. Susan Collins is on the brink of doing her usual bullshit, though. So we'll get into that when we, in a moment, talk about Lev Parnas. But I've already got my eye on her. (laughs) I fucking see her from a mile away, Susan Mm -hmm. Collins. We all know. We all know. We all know that you're not going to vote for Such anything. A I'll change. That Mitch McConnell doesn't want you to vote for. We all know. Yeah. We remember. I think they all like, because like, in another universe, it's like kind of sweet because Mitch McConnell is very protective over his majority for his own benefit. Yeah. But yeah. So he can he be knows, in power. He knows what he can do to protect those people like he knows he can't be so unequivocal about about certain things because there are people like us on here saying fuck Susan Collins yeah yeah and people donating to her opponent and Maine could you know if anyone who's in Maine is listening they could have a new senator yeah so I'm just gonna say that I think it would be great if Susan Collins was not the senator for Maine and it seems yeah she seems like she's really you know cares about just winning it doesn't really seems like she cares about representing and it seems like you know she knows that like Mitch will give her money if she votes with yeah. him. Yeah. Murkowski seems more genuine to me about her conflicted moderate Republican yeah. lady nature. What yeah. kind of revealed to me about which Republicans Republicans think are vulnerable is when um a bunch of them signed on to that thing to the Supreme Court, like, hey, you should overturn Roe versus Wade. And a lot of them didn't. Like, mm-hmm. Mitch McConnell didn't. I'm not sure if Susan Collins did. You could tell the ones who didn't were the ones who were in purplish states where they're like, yeah, I, yeah. Don't, I don't need to be saying repeal Roe versus Wade right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? 
I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. Let's get into the main news. Okay, so last night, Soviet-born businessman Lev Parnas, he lives in the U.S., spoke with MSNBC anchor Rachel Maddow. He sat there with his lawyer. I am sometimes really virtuous about not having MSNBC. I'm like, no, I only watch CNN, which is very down the middle. <laughs> but last, And because I, my boyfriend won't split cable with me. So. <laughs> But so, but last night I was like watching, you know, no context Twitter, and it was like seemed like it was wild. And then I was telling Brian like I wasn't watching it this morning, but you can listen to Rachel Maddow's show as a podcast. Yeah. I had nothing to do. Like I didn't, it wasn't nice. I didn't want to take a walk, so I just like furiously cleaned my apartment for an hour <laughs> listening to it. It was amazing. But anyway, it was wild. It was explosive. People are losing their minds mm-hmm. over this. Um, reminder of who he is. He was hired by Giuliani to work within Ukraine to kind of like pressure lots of officials to investigate the Bidens and Burisma and was also involved with like the push to get out Marie Ivanovich. He was arrested in October. Mm-hmm. He boarded a one-way flight to Vienna, right? Yeah. Um, and he's been indicted on campaign finance violations for funneling money, illegal money into Republican races. And he's currently out on bond. Mm-hmm. So that's worth knowing. And he just provided this week and insist like all these documents in the house yeah. to the house, which um, there's like text messages, there's notes, there's a handwritten note of his from the Ritz Carlton uh-huh. Vienna saying, "Get Zelensky to announce investigation yeah. on the Bidens." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is, it was like it's the first thing that pops up when you open the file, which is. Funny crazy and he also provided all these texts that show that potentially marie ivanovich was being followed it was yeah. wild it was wild. It's crazy yeah. and this this all this documents become were becoming public because you know he was convicted in the southern district of new york and he's they, indicted or he was indicted i'm sorry what did i say convicted, convicted. um and uh and so they finally released them to him Mm-hmm. saying he can make them public and so that's why the house were just able to get them because they then the house went through them and then the house decided to release some of the documents right. they actually didn't release all of the documents that Liv Parnas provided to them and this not to I can't keep this bitch's name out of my mouth but this brings me to Susan Collins <laughs> because yes. she was asked about these new documents that came out today that are crazy the today this week that came out cr- and are crazy and provide like all of this information mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe it would be good to call Lev Parnas as a witness. Seems or some pertinent. Of 
other people as a witness. And when asked about it, Susan Collins was like, well, I don't know why the House is just releasing these now. And then when the reporter was like, well, they just received the documents uh-huh. now. Right. And she was yeah. like, well, then I think that that shows that the House, uh, the House's like inquiry was incomplete and hastily done. Well, they also this- had to like, they had to, these documents had to go get cleared really quickly because we were transmitting the articles and the, mm-hmm. now they needed to become part, they are now part of like the record because yeah. they hand over everything they have and they literally did that like just under the wire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Susan Collins knows that when she makes that <laughs> statement. Uh-huh. It's just funny that like I, yeah. this whole podcast and Susan, Susan Collins. Collins. And Susan Collins fucking knows. <laughs> she does. Okay. Susan Collins knows exactly what she is doing. She does. Um, and so... The, he made so many crazy explosive allegations, and I mean, some of it is you know makes sense in the context of everything, and you know you can see it in the the filing, the footage, or the filing, whatever the fuck he what's called the documents. Yes, <laughs> he, um, that he provided, uh, and so some of the allegations uh, further implicate Mike Pence and Attorney General Bill Barr, which is just crazy mm-hmm. um so we'll get into the specifics of what they said they talk about uh devin nunez i love um, that devin nunez is brought in and he this. really wants to he made clear parnas like i would love to say all of this to members of congress yeah yeah and then, well because like so he is out on bail um and it just seems like he's like you know he's he's not he he, he ain't loyal no he's no. trying to be like i want to not go to jail let me tell you think, all the yeah. crimes. I think he's also pissed that Trump keeps saying he doesn't know him. Like yeah. they opened this segment with like a scrapbook collage of all the photos they had together. Yes. Like yeah. I think he's truly mad <laughs> yeah. that he's like th- that Trump keeps saying like yeah we never hung out and like half the interview was part of being like homeboy knows me we yeah. are we're friends. They're, you know, all, they're all doing that. They're, someone was saying like um, Eric Trump uh, Eric Trump was like no one knows who this Robert High guy is who we'll yeah. get into as well. And then eight days ago they took a picture together at like yeah. at like Doral or some shit. Yeah, it's. It, it, I mean, it's all classic Trump stuff, and it and it gets us into the same place that we kind of were with like Michael Cohen, which is that like Donald Trump only associates with the shadiest characters. Yeah. yeah. So then the people who testify against him and have the information are the shadiest characters, yeah, and Republicans can be like, "Well, true. look at this guy's history," and it's yeah. like, "Yeah, these are the only Donald Trump." only associates with low-level criminals. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really <laughs> funny. I've never thought of it like that. Like, he's never, like, actually held accountable for his shadiness because everyone else he works with is so shady that they're not credible. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He's never... He doesn't spend time with any credible no. individuals. <laughs> so, like, he's not... No one that we are going to call in is going right. to be, like, not... <laughs> It's gonna be above even on the Baron. Yeah, like <laughs> Tara, I invoke his name. <laughs> yeah, I know. Now we're canceled. Yeah. But the lead, the lead sort of headline from last night was that Parnas said, "quote President Trump knew exactly what was going on." He basically said, "Like everything I was doing was at Giuliani's urging, and everything Giuliani was doing was at Trump's urging. Like it was very clear in everything we were doing that it was on Trump's behalf, and like." What was very convincing to me, we can talk a little bit more about how credible we think Love Parnas is and what his motivations are, but what was convincing to me is that he was like, why would all of these aides to the Ukrainian president talk to me if it was just me, some dude, like, working on this? Yes. Yeah. Which I do believe, I'm sure there are lots of, like, shady figures that are, like, extra government that work within governments that have people regard as corrupt sometimes but i found that pretty convincing that he was like why would any of these people talk to me of course it was because i was helping trump but yeah. i think he says this in um in a clip that we can play 
What do you think is the main inaccuracy or the main lie that's being told that you feel like you can correct? That the president didn't know what was going on. Uh, president Trump knew exactly what was going on. Uh, he was aware of all of my movements. Uh, he, I wouldn't do anything without the consent of Rudy Giuliani or the president. I have no intent, I have no reason to speak to any of these officials. I mean, they have no reason to speak to me. Why would President Zelensky's inner circle or the minister of Akov or all these people or President Poroshenko meet with me? Who am I? <laughs> they were told to meet with me. And uh, that's the secret that they're trying to keep. I was on the ground doing their work. I'm nobody. Yeah. Right. What? what? Who would want to hang out with me? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly was not expecting his voice to sound like that. No. I was not expecting it to sound so, like, appropriately, like, uh, shady, shady guy, guy mafia. <laughs> <laughs> like, the guy who would, like, a henchman. Yeah. But that's who Donald Trump <laughs> associates with. Every time they're like, Every time they bring out a new figure you've never heard of and they're like, and this guy's Donald Trump's best friend. He's like, yeah. hey, what's going on? Yeah. My yeah. name is Mikey. Yeah. Mikey Cohen. <laughs> yeah, my, my name is Mikey Cohen. Don't ask about my black eye. I got yeah. that in an unrelated incident. Yeah. I fell into a doorknob. <laughs> like, it's like, who the fuck is this? I know. It's crazy. It's like, <sighs> wow. Oh, they really, he knows how to cast. Yeah. He knows how to cast. I'm really curious. Mm-hmm. I mean, now I really want to hear from Igor Fruman. I know. Who, who these two were sort of, I guess their paths sort of diverged recently mm-hmm. as Parnas has been a little bit more open or maybe because he just knows more. But a couple mm-hmm. times, because when this first came out, it was like they were the duo. Yes. Mm-hmm. And now it's Igor all. Igor and Lev. Yeah, Igor and Lev. Adorable. The owners of, what's the name of their business? Fraud Guarantee. Fraud Guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> It's fucking ridiculous. It is a straight up movie. I know. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, He said that, like, I thought this was interesting, too, that when we talk about this, the aid seems like the most sinister thing to withhold from Ukraine. Yes. And in the big scheme of things, it probably is. But what he was saying, he was like, the biggest thing that Zelensky wanted was just a show of support. Because this is a 41, 40-year-old comedian who has just been elected on a platform of fighting corruption. He knows that he needs potentially lacks I mean he's he's elected but he knows maybe on the world stage that people think he lacks some legitimacy so the most important thing to Mm -hmm. him was White House meetings can somebody come to my inauguration can you say that you support me he's also there he's also at war with Russia he needs like if a US official especially the President of the United States is seen shaking hands with him it's a show of support in his his literal like fighting an invasion from right. Russia. No one's begging to have Mike Pence at their inauguration because no, they want to no. hang out with Mike Pence. Right. He's like, the last person anyone wants to hang out with. I know. It's like if someone is in a position where they're really asking if Mike Pence will come to their party, it's like something's going on <laughs> yeah. with them. Yeah. Something has happened. Yeah. <laughs> they are they need help. <laughs> like yeah, and so like for that segment, basically just was like everything I did was for Giuliani, and Julie told me to tell. It's all a game of telephone. Maybe it was all just a big misunderstanding after all. Parnas said Giuliani told him to tell Ukrainians that the U.S. would cut off, like we said, all types of support, like symbolic support. Um, I don't know if aid was invoked, but when you say support, that refers to a lot of things. And Parnas says he got that directly from Trump. He said that Giuliani told me after that he had met with Trump, and the message was that it's not just aid; it's everything. Um, and Parnas said that holding up the military aid was Trump's idea. That was like a after they didn't seem to be conceding to their demands for the investigation in exchange for support that it was like, well, maybe let's try the aid. That's a, that's his understanding of everything. Like that's yeah. that's all he thinks about is money and moving money around and like 
who's it's his whole that's the only thing he thinks about with foreign relations at all it's why we have like problems with fucking nato and all of our alliances because he's always like they don't pay as much money as we pay that's like all that's the only like thing that his brain can grasp onto we're gonna get on into like the shit he's doing in Puerto Rico right now, but he's like, I don't think they're going to spend their money right, so I'm going to put all these restrictions. Like he, that's that's how he operates. So it's right. obvious that this was his idea. Yeah, and I think I was reading today that like apparently when he first got into office, he tried to do something that would like basically allow them, like U.S. companies, to bribe people and or the government or something uh, basically was like sure corruption's fine yeah i mm-hmm. love i love like because the candidates are always like on day one in yeah. office this is what i'm gonna do he's like on day one i'm gonna make bribes legal, legal. <laughs> legal now <laughs> bribes are are we bribes advocate are for fine. bribes yeah mm-hmm. so that brings us to mike pence Oh, um, we know that the new Zelensky administration really wanted somebody high up in the government to attend his inauguration parna said that he was in touch with this top aide for Zelensky, this guy named um Sari Shafir, and was instructed to tell him that Pence isn't going to come unless Ukrainian government announces it would investigate the Bidens. Uh, Parnas was told to go on him in a very harsh way, not in a pleasant way. So, like, <laughs> this is a demand. I think they were talking about this on WhatsApp, and then I think when he pushed him, was like, Pence isn't going to come unless you announce investigations. Um, I think Shafir blocked him on WhatsApp yeah. <laughs> or stopped responding. I am taken aback by how much foreign policy is occurring on WhatsApp. Yeah. Uh, I did not, I don't know if this is new or yeah. if this is, well, go, how it goes back into the previous administration but i'm freaked out by the whatsapp yeah. use that we're finding out it's about. a it's a european thing i think a lot of yeah. europeans just use whatsapp well, I think yeah. you just i think you use it if i mean most of my friends have iphones so i don't i think i have we free texting. right i think i know a lot of people use whatsapp to communicate with people if they live in different countries just yeah. in general it's also like encrypted Yes, so it's which a little that's more part of secure. It. I think right. it is more secure. Unless and you I think, commit crimes and then the government takes them. Yeah. And I think it's being respectful of foreign cultures to use WhatsApp. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> right. True, 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 true. Don't make them pay for that text. Yeah. yeah. Um, like Antonio uses WhatsApp all the time. Yeah, it is. A, it's like not... It doesn't occur to Americans, yeah. all Americans, to use WhatsApp. All yeah, the time. I tried to get into WhatsApp when I went to Cuba because we mm-hmm. like were. I met some Cuban people and like we were. We would all. That's how we like communicated while we were like in Cuba. But I could not maintain a presence right. on WhatsApp once I re- <laughs> right, returned. Right, to the I United can States. only yeah. text. I can't do add another. I text could, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, if the WhatsApp routed right. to my text, that would be right. fine. But I can't. I yeah. couldn't commit to being a WhatsApp user. No way. So apparently after Parnas was like, told told Giuliani, like, looks like the Ukrainians aren't going to announce that that they're going to investigate mm-hmm. uh, anybody. And he remembers Rudy going, OK, they'll see. And then Pence's cool. trip was canceled the next day. Wow. Trump apparently called up and said to make sure Pence doesn't go there. Which is so interesting. It's because, you know, like they've reached out to Mike Pence asking him about this and they're like it's not true but the call log of that that lev parnas is describing and the, you know the records that he's given show that's what happened you know what i mean so it's like that's why we were talking about like lev parnas's credibility this is like when it like when it really just so easily slides in and he has this like fact-based you know whatsapp whatever yeah it makes sense yeah, it's not like he's just coming at us with a crazy story that has no like mm-hmm. document 
expectation attached it to it. It connects right. dots. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's like Michael Cohen being like, I have a copy of it's a check for $130,000 yeah. that basically says, like, bribe on it. Right. Like, I mean, that, that, this is a side, side thing, but, like, it is so crazy that the president, it, there's the president's lawyer is in jail for paying off his fucking porn star yeah. sex story. Well, his his former campaign manager is also in jail for, like, fraud with foreign governments. It's yeah. like, oh, you'd think that this would be enough. <laughs> like, it's crazy. No. Yeah. So we also know that, so after Pence didn't go to the inauguration, um, Trump was supposed to meet up with Zelensky in Poland for something else. They were all, all going to be there. Everyone was going to be at this party. Um, Trump canceled because of Hurricane Dorian and decided to send Pence instead. But here's Parnas sort of talking about that decision and more about what we've just been talking about, what Pence was supposed to do when he did meet with Zelensky in Poland. So after certain uh, instances, Trump was supposed to meet him, President Trump was supposed to meet uh, Zelensky in Poland himself. But then uh, he used the excuse of the hurricane, but it wasn't because of the hurricane. It was because he was angry that Zelensky still didn't make any uh, attempt or effort to make any announcement before he was going to meet him. And he How do you gonna... know that was an excuse and that wasn't the real reason? Because I spoke to Rudy. Rudy would talk to me. Too. I mean, we spoke about this every day. I mean, everything that was going on was discussed between me, Victoria, Rudy, I mean, the team. Okay. So President, President Trump is supposed to go... He decides not to go. Vice President Pence will go instead. He sends him instead, yeah. And uh, basically, he was supposed to go there and get it straightened out that <laughs> Zelensky was supposed to make another announcement. And that didn't happen. And that's when Bolton, Secretary Bolton, went over there. And I think he has a lot to say. I'm not going to talk on this, but I think he's a key witness to his conversation with Zelensky when he came back and why he left or got fired or however you want to look at that. Let Not me make for nothing, sure but you I want to look at Bolton. When <laughs> Vice President Pence went over there on September 1st, again in President Trump's stead, you believe, or you have reason to believe, that Vice President Pence was tasked at that meeting with getting President Zelensky to announce investigations of Joe Biden specifically. Yes. Wow. Well, there goes Pence. Yeah. yeah. And wow. the part about, I mean, did we know before that Bolton became upset about this? him becoming upset was related in any way to like Pence not going to the meeting. Like I thought, I can't remember when like Bolton found out about it. I was like, this is a drug deal, but it sounds like there's another yeah. layer to that. And I think but, that's what Parnas was getting and also at. Also a reminder that Bolton has offered to testify if the Senate calls him. Yeah. So it's subpoenas like, and it's, it's subpoenas. This, yeah. And it, this isn't even the thing that made him Bolton quit. And it was just like, it yeah. seems like it was one of those things. The, the reason yeah. like Bolton actually quit was because Trump was going to meet with the Taliban at Camp mm-hmm. David, um, which is just another crazy story. Um, and it also just like makes you wonder like what other um, sorts of live harness type people does Trump have working with like Saudi Arabia, An infinite number, China, Paul, like, like yeah. anywhere that we have infinity, like, North Korea, you know what I mean? It's yes. crazy. Limit does not exist. Like, yeah. so it's like, what the fuck is going on? I imagine that if we looked into any one area of our government right now, there would be like a little Lev Parnas figure yeah. who yeah. we would find. And 
I also find it very believable that he said he didn't care about the hurricanes because it doesn't seem like Donald yeah. Trump does care about oh, hurricanes no. at I, all. I was thinking, I was like, maybe that's why he sharpied it because he wanted, he was like, if it ever gets out and they try to say, I didn't really care about the hurricane, I want to make sure the hurricane was going to look like it was going to hit Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> look, make it look as bad as possible and I couldn't possibly have left. Oh, Sharpie Gate. You're not very I sharp in that time. when he sharpied So all that. this, I think he says in this clip is like, partners is like, there's no way Pence didn't know. Mm. He's sort of like, think about it. How would he not know? Like he was told, like, how did he not know what he was supposed to do? Mike, he was supposed yeah. to say, hey, we need investigations into the Biden, which is hilarious because if any of if any of this went the right way, then then Trump would be removed. Pence would be removed and we would have President Pelosi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's literally what it's kind of crazy to me that we don't have a mechanism for like kind of putting the president and vice president on trial together in like an instance like this when it's yeah. like we've got they're both implicated they're in the same administration it's not crazy that a president and a vice president would be involved in the same conspiracy or yeah. high crime or misdemeanor it's, it's interesting because that's one of the reasons why normally the vice president is like the president of the senate and they yes. oversee anything but that's one of the reasons that they don't let them do that and also because the founders worried that the vice president would want to get the president out so that they could have that job oh. also it so used that to be the chief justice. it used to be that the person who came in second was the vice president Oh mm-hmm. wow. yeah, yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. When the, I, I mean, which would make I, you feel even more entitled to it, probably. I'm not a constitutional scholar, what? but uh, <laughs> I imagine that if the impeachment laws and stuff were not updated after that went yeah. out of fashion, then it's like, no, why would they be in a criminal conspiracy together? Right. But now we have right. a situation where it's like, no, they're like they're running really their buddy buddies. They're yeah. pair, they're a pair. Whereas maybe when like. Again, not a constitutional scholar, but maybe when this stuff was being written, they didn't seem so like part and parcel to each other. Yeah. And also Pence has always been worried that Trump is going to take him off the ticket. So he yeah. just does anything he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I feel like Pence has always been trying to like fly under this radar, um, but he is just quiet. He's quiet know. because he knows he can't, he can't, he can't verbally support this behavior. Yeah. Like, I, I keep just imagining, like, as all this is happening, Mike Pence is in his bedroom that has two separate beds for him and his <laughs> wife. And then and there's like a little tiny, um, a little tiny suitcase that has like three very nicely pressed white shirts in it. And he just keeps kind of like opening it up and packing them and then closing it and then un- getting a call and like kind of unpacking them and then packing them again and just like waiting in his like clean white linen yeah. room. Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't. He doesn't leave. I don't know what he does. I know. If no. only poor Mike Pence. If only the Ukrainian president were a woman, and then he could have said, "Sorry, I can't yeah, be with he her." Yeah, been like, "I can't. I got to skip I the meeting." I don't. My mom doesn't let me. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. Should we move on to Bill Barr? Yeah. Okay. Let's, so Parnas also please. throws him under the bus. Um, he says plainly that General Bill Barr was basically on the team. So throughout this whole sort of sp- special, um, Parnas describes this team that's working together to do this for Trump. It's made up of him, Giuliani, Fruman, and then these two lawyers um, that are kind of like Republican operatives. They're like a married couple. Their names are Victoria and Joe, and they were working. And so he just describes how this team worked together and was like, Bill Barr was on the team. He was part yeah. of it. He was part of everything that we were that we were doing. Um, and he said from the beginning that like, Parna said that he never spoke to Bill Barr directly in the course of this, but that he was present for certain conversations. Um, so we're going to play a clip of that. It's a little bit of a longer clip, but I figure like, why have us recap what he says and we can just listen to what he said. Did you ever meet with or speak with or have any interactions with Attorney General William Barr? I personally did not uh, speak to him, but I was involved in uh, lots of conversations that uh, Joe DiGenova had with him in front of me, Rudy had with him in front of me, and setting up meetings with Dimitri Firtish's team. I was involved in that. 
Do you know if Mr. Giuliani was ever in contact with Mr. Barr specifically about the fact that he was trying to get Ukraine to announce these investigations into Joe Biden? Oh, absolutely. That Mr. Was, Barr knew about that? Mr. Barr had to have known everything. I mean, it's impossible. Did Rudy Giuliani tell you he'd spoken to the Attorney General specifically about Ukraine? Not only Rudy Giuliani. I mean, Victoria and Joe, are, they were all best friends. I mean, Barr, uh, Barr was, uh, Attorney General Barr was basically on the team. BFFs, BFFs. Yeah. I couldn't remember their last name, so I had to say Victoria and Joe too, but it's uh, Joe DeGenova and Victoria Tosing, Tensing. Mm. They're a married couple and are just like, <clears throat> Republican operatives. Yeah, just involved, I just, guess. Just like they must fucking have around been, and everything. They must have been watching that like, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> son of a bitch. Yeah. Oh my God, totally. Um, it's really crazy. Uh, you know, Attorney General Bill Barr, we knew that he was in Ukraine doing stuff recently to try and find some stuff out. And everyone was like, why is the Attorney General in yeah. Ukraine? And on that July 25th call, Trump is with Zelensky. Trump is like, talk to Bill Barr. Bill Barr knows everything that's going on. He'll he'll tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So, which is also, like, I feel like what's so crazy is I'm like, so much of this is in the, is backed up by the transcript that the White know, House the first happened thing. And they always are like, read the transcript, da 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 And I'm like, you read the transcript. Have I you know. guys read the Can transcript? Can you read? Like, yeah. You guys put out an incriminating document from your own, like, records. Like, there is no reason for him to have to talk to Bill Barr. Bill Barr is the Attorney General of the United States. He's not Donald Trump's personal lawyer. He's our lawyer. He's our lawyer. However, that's why he was put there. He should never have been confirmed, you know, obviously, because now it's just so clear that he does not have, you know, the American people's interest at heart. Yeah. Which which is, I mean, this is just this administration, because obviously Trump does not either. Yeah. I know it's crazy how much more damage Bill Barr was able to do than Jeff Sessions. I mean, Jeff Sessions yeah. uh, put it was instrumental in putting in place child separation, so he did a lot of damage right. himself. Yes. But it's uh, Muslim ban. It's kind of. I feel like Jeff Sessions was such a like um, like a flashier villain that yeah. everyone like had kind of had their eye on him from the get go. Yeah. And Bill Barr, everyone was like, I don't know, this Bush administration guy, whatever. Yeah. And then he gets in, and it's like, oh no, he's like actually one of the like. He's, He's, like, competent and able to, like, do... He looks like a human Pepe the Frog. You know what I mean? Like, And I feel like he's just, like, personified that role for himself. Well, whenever you ask him, like, did you do this despicable thing? He's like, well, yeah. Like, he's just so... It's disarming because he's like, sure, what do you mean? Suggest? I remember someone someone was like, how do you... Like, there was that one interview where was like, what do you... Like, do you care about your legacy? He's like, why would I care? I'm going to be dead. Who cares what my legacy is? And I was like, like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he was definitely involved in this in some degree. We know he's reading, but there's this really sketchy like backstory. So there's this oligarch, Dimitro Furtash. He was indicted on corruption charges here, and we're currently trying to extradite him from Australia. Australia. Austria. Austria. <laughs> Excuse me. Jesus. Furtash said that he had information that could discredit the Mueller investigation. And I think this was around the time where Bill Barr was like, I'm going to investigate the investigators. Yeah. So this was the type of information he was looking for. Basically, he said that he knew that one of the investigators, one of the lawyers working on the Mueller investigation was doing illegal stuff, in Parnas' words. Um, so basically, but Furtash was like, I'm not going to give you this information for nothing. Like, I need something in exchange. So Parnas was told that, so Parnas sort of was trying to finagle a situation where they were going to help stop Furtash's extradition to the U.S. to face his corruption charges if he gave them this information. So another bribe. Another bribe. There yeah. we go. And then and then they got Victoria and Joe to represent Furtash for a million dollars a month. Parnas was paid two hundred thousand wow. dollars a month to help him just, you know, fact find 
Um, That's a lot of money. Lucrative. Yeah. Did you guys ever watch um, The Good Wife? No. No. I feel like Parnas is probably just like the, a bad version of of Kalinda, who's just like this badass investigator who's like does the stuff that the lawyers can't really do and mm-hmm. finds all the shady shit. But well, that's for bad guys. I, I also wonder, like you know, he's he must have known things were not going to go well because he kept all of this shit. Yeah, yeah. And it's like because for him, I think he, he in his view he was doing his job. Yeah. And he's not in going to prison over this. No, exactly. And he's like, but he's like, uh, you know, he has like the scraps of paper he's written on. He's yeah. screenshotted all of his WhatsApp messages. Like I always delete my text messages, especially the incriminating ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, it is that is part and part like it's part of dealing with shady characters is yeah. that some a lot of times shady characters do keep a record because they're like, oh, you like you, like you think you're gonna take me he down. reminds me of um joe pesci's character in home alone like very much yes mm-hmm. yes yep i agree with that kalinda and joe pesci mm-hmm. <laughs> that's part, that's that's who them together that's who it is okay we're, uh, he really throws everyone under the bus so we're just going through them one by one next up devin nunez devin nunez oh <sighs> you will remember from the impeachment trial because he was constantly like screaming um about this scheme you actually heard that he him. was actually part of. Yeah, and you actually heard him in the beginning of our, our, our new intro. Mm-hmm. He's the one who's talking about Trump's nudes. Yeah, yes. that's right. Always talking about Trump's nudes. He's very obsessed concerned, with his nudes. Very concerned. Yeah. With, who has Trump's nudes? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully no one. I never yeah. want to see I those. I bet Lev has them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't wish that on my worst yeah, enemy. So we're going we're gonna to hear Not from Not even Lev. a doctor. Right. We're going <laughs> to... <laughs> <laughs> We're going to hear from Lev for one last time while he tells us what was going on with Devin Nunes. Do you know Congressman Devin Nunes? Yes, I do. What's been your relationship with him? Yes. Uh, we don't have too much of a relationship. We met several times at the Trump Hotel. Uh, and, but our relationship started uh, getting basically where it expanded was uh, when uh, I was introduced uh, to his uh, uh, aide, Derek Harvey. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason why Derek Carvey was more of, though I understood, I was told at that time, was because Devin Nunez just had an ethics, something to do with the next ethics committee, and he couldn't be in the spotlight. He was kind of shunned a little bit. And that they was looking into this Ukraine stuff also, wanted Nunes to help out. That. And Devin Nunez, uh, they gave me Derek Carvey to deal with. You told Mr. Harvey what you and Mr. Giuliani were working on in Ukraine, trying to get Ukraine to announce these investigations. He was aware of that already. He knew everything. He already knew that by the time he talked to you. He had a lot of information already. Do you believe he'd gotten that information from Mr. Giuliani? No. I yeah. think I think uh, that they, that uh, certain, that, like I said, uh, was, uh, there was other people doing uh, uh, like this op op research or whatever however I don't, know, I don't know what you call it but uh, there was a, it was coming from different uh, sides yeah given that interaction that you just described with congressman nunez and his aide mr harvey does it strike you as unusual or inappropriate that devin nunez would be one of the lead investigators into this scandal on the house intelligence committee he's obviously the top republican on that committee I was in shock when I was watching the hearings and when I saw Devin Nunez sitting up there and then they, there was a picture where Derek Harvey was in back over there sitting. I texted my attorney and said, I can't believe this is happening. Because? Well, because uh, they were involved in getting all this stuff from Biden. 
Wow. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Fucking Devin Nunes. Yeah. So background on that. Devin Nunes was the subject of an ethics investigation. It was alleged that he improperly disclosed classified info. I think he revealed like after a briefing that there was a possibility at the time that the intelligence community had incidentally collected some information about the president. So that's why I think that investigation, it did end up clearing him. Not I think it did. Um, so I think that's what they're referring to there. Like he was kind of like blacklisted for a minute. Like we can't really have him involved because he's not credible. Yeah. <laughs> Even though all the others apparently reached reached this this bar. It's just wild. And and so uh, like so Devin Nunes had previously denied knowing uh, or having any contact with Parnas um, in, in an interview. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know this guy. I, obviously, I know his name from the from the headlines. But then. Something jogged his memory because he told Fox News last night that he didn't realize it was that Lev Parnas. This is just what? like, I didn't know uh, Burisma meant Biden. Yeah. How many Lev Parnases do you know? I yeah. know. What are you talking about, right. Devin Nunes? Should, should we, it's actually really funny him trying to defend mm-hmm. it. Should we play it? Yeah. yeah. And we also talked back then about the fact that your phone number showed up with calls to him, to Lev Parnas, um, in, in a like list of data numbers and you said that you didn't recall uh speaking with him um, or whether it was on your cell phone or your office phone have you have you figured out the answer to any of, the, of yeah, those questions and if, if, you, if you recall that was brand new when that had come yeah. out when i came on your show That's because right. i just did, i just didn't know the name this name parnas mm-hmm. so you know what i always like to remind people is you know we are dealing with people every day we're an oversight committee so we have incoming calls that come to my office to my cell phone et cetera, et cetera. and then sure. you, you know you know now that uh, he had called my cell phone, uh, and I didn't know his name. I didn't remember the name, but I did remember going back, looking at where I was at the time, because you know you can do that now. You actually know where you physically are. Checked it with my records, right. and it was very clear. I remember. I remember that call, uh, which was very odd, random, talking about random things. And I said, "Great, you know, just talk to my staff." And boom, boom, boom. And that's which is so. There was no discussion about the procedure. about the Ukrainian ambassador. There was no. Was there any discussion about the Ukrainian ambassador and the, the fact that she should be removed in that call? Well, the first time I remember the name Yovanovitch, the ambassador, was not until this impeachment sham mm-hmm. started. Oh, so the lead, the well, the ranking member of the Republican <laughs> Party. <laughs> Uh, the House Intelligence Committee does not know who the ambassador to Ukraine is. And also, he doesn't know who's calling him. He just picks up random phone calls, talks to the person, has no idea who it is, what they're... He's like, it was a random call. I just made, uh, like, arrangements for... I'm like, what are you talking about? Who picks up a random a call from a random number? A congressman? And he's like, I just passed along my staff. I have no idea what happens. Well, sounds like your staff was talking to Lev Parnas yeah. about yeah. getting dirt on the Bidens. Also, that feels... Mean? It feels backwards to me for him to get Devin Nunes's personal cell phone number first <laughs> how and then go to the staff next i know you would think it would be the opposite like how so it's that easy to get your phone number Devin yeah. Nunes? how easy is it to that's like what was struck i was like so anyone can just call you and you'll answer and you'll have whatever weird conversation with them you and don't you even write, remember it yeah and you don't <laughs> yeah. even write down who the fuck they are like, <laughs> like like this guy will have all this like shady information to tell you and be like oh that's interesting talk to my staff like yeah. you would remember About that firing an ambassador and he's like and he just hangs up and he's like i have no idea who that was right <laughs> The anchor in that, that? I'm anchor in that clip cow. is really funny too because she's just like gives him she's like so it sounds like what happened was really confusing it sounds like something that was so easy to mess up do you want to tell us more about it like <laughs> and it's like bitch yeah, yeah. That's it's not journalism no 
she, that woman always looks confused. Like that's yeah. her facial expression. Was that Fox? Yeah. yeah. Oh, of course. I forget yeah. her name, but she always looks like she's trying to figure something out. Yeah. Well, finally, the most like jarring part of mm-hmm. this whole thing is what we were talking about earlier, which is all these scary documents that yeah. show that somebody that Parnas was talking to was having her followed mm-hmm. or some for has mm-hmm. somehow knew about her whereabouts or claimed to have known her whereabouts. What's interesting is that like, I do wonder if we'll hear more about like, is that even where she was? You know, like mm-hmm. I'm sure it was, but it's just a question I have. Like, can she confirm like, like because basically, basically what Parnas says about all this is like, I didn't take this guy seriously. I didn't know what was happening. Well, so so what, yeah. So like what happened really, yeah. you know, um, there was those, there were these text messages with this guy, Robert Hyde mm-hmm. or WhatsApp messages. And, it seems like Robert Hyde somehow, like you're saying, was aware of her locations and was texting Lev Parnas about it. She's like, he says something like, "She's on the move." Yeah, she's, he's like, "Her computer's off. She's on the move. She's surrounded by security forces." And mm-hmm. like, the security's well, getting worse. If we if we engage, we'll have to we, we'll have to meet with her security. We'll have to engage with like security forces. It's like what? It very clearly sounds like what this man Hyde is thinking is like he wants to arrange to have her harmed in some way, which is very strange and upsetting because she maintained repeatedly that she was called at one in the morning and told by her boss and told to get on that she needed to get on the next plane out of there because they were scared for her security yeah and at the time they followed up like well really we just like we're worried that trump would tweet about it before we could do anything but like would you use the word security like why would not you say yeah. just like we're worried about your legitimacy or something or like we don't think you can serve effectively as of this exact moment and you need to leave yeah and she they asked her how like because in that transcript again back to the transcript that the white house released donald trump said to Zelensky, oh, she's bad. She's going to go through some things. What does that mean? Right? That's always been like a really sinister, weird, she's going to go through some things is so weird. And then to see now, lining up, we've got texts with these like Trump-affiliated people who appear to be watching her. I don't know what purpose watching someone serves Right. Other yeah. than to she was never going to do what they wanted. because yeah. they were they wanted her to to you know basically put the pressure campaign on, and she would not do it because that's not how things work. You know, that's not diplomacy. Yeah, yes. she refused to hook up the prosecutor at the time with people that could help him go in on the Bidens. And so Hyde was like, said he was he said he was surprised that Trump hadn't fired that bitch. He quote, that's what he said. Um, yeah, because Parnas had basically like sent him over text like these are the these are what this is what we think about Yovanovitch. Yeah. And that's how he, why he responded. And he even went on to say, you know, that you can get Ukrainians to do anything for enough money. Um, but the people he wanted to talk to needed something in return. Uh, and I don't know. It's just all so sketchy. Um, and this hired guy seems like a real crazy person. He seems like it's like. Not a healthy man. Yeah. He yeah. also tweeted when Kamala Harris suspended her presidential campaign. He posted on his Twitter. Uh, she went down, brought her to her knees, blew it. Must be a hard one to sm- swallow. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, let's talk about let's I'd like to talk a little bit more about about Robert Hyde, because Parnas is like you can see in the text that Parnas doesn't really engage. Parnas uh-huh. is like, LOL. At one point, he doesn't really respond. And Parnas is like, it's like when you're trying to shake off someone you went on one date with, yes, but you're totally. like not ready to fully ghost them. So you just wait like they say, like, remember this? And you wait like five hours yeah. and you're like, LOL. And like, don't you right. try? You keep trying to not let them like have a reason to keep talking to you. Right. You leave it. You never leave it open ended yet yes. still. So I 
think they knew each other because this was also something interesting I learned from this sort of interview was that like sounds like a lot of Trump insiders and uh, supporters who were working for him and working for Joanna, they would all hang out at the Trump Hotel. There was like a group there. It was like a club where they would all hang out. And I guess Hyde would be there sometimes, even though nobody seems like nobody really wanted to be his friend. Parnas describes him as like he keeps saying he's always drunk. He keeps saying that he was like a weird guy, that he didn't really understand him and just didn't take this anything. Is all the same stuff that you would say about a person you went on one day yeah. right. with. Like, right. He's always drunk. He's really weird. I don't know what's but going on with that But he wasn't actually, guy. he was like, he says like, I didn't actually worry for her safety at the time, which is weird because last May, police took Hyde into, into custody at Trump's Doral Resort because according to police report, he was like running around saying that he was going to be a target of a hitman. He has also told people that if he ever dies, the CIA did it. He also had... Um, same rifles and guns and 800 rounds of ammunition removed from his apartment at one point because cool. somebody has a protective order against him and you know can't really have all that. And ammunition. he wants to be a congressman. He's running for Congress in Connecticut. That's oh the kicker. Oh my god! Seems appropriate. <laughs> right, right. Like now is not the time, man. And today the F- the FBI, the FDA. Today the FBI went to his home and his work to figure out what's going on here. Because last night Ivanovich's lawyers were like, "Can we fucking look into this?" Yeah, this guy knew where yeah. I was all the time, which leads me to believe that is where she was. Well, I also am curious. Is like on whose behest was he doing this? If Lev Parnas was not apparently in the know, right? You know, it's like, do we like 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 why did this guy hide, take it upon himself? To follow to Marie. follow Marie Ivanovich. Like, who did he have yeah. over there? And he kept yeah. saying he has someone on the inside, on the inside. Yeah. And it's so interesting because, and the other reason that this makes me so, that it's just so gross and fucking crazy is because during Marie Ivanovich's testimony in the impeachment trial, she talks about how a Ukrainian official came up to her and was basically like, watch your back, something is happening. Yeah. So the, even like, it seems like the people in the Ukrainian government became aware of this threat to her. And the State Department has still even not told us what exactly sort of security threat she was was facing. And this was probably around the time where she asked, like, hey, can Mike Pompeo, like, say something because I'm being discredited everywhere? And he didn't because I think the the reason they gave is they were like, if the president tweets right after that, then we're all undermined. Yeah. It seems like she was in legitimate danger. Totally. And And that was the consensus of people around her at the time. And that's what's like pairing out now which is really scary yeah and Parnas Parnas apologized for sharing those conspiracy theories about her and trying to get her out of office but he doesn't apologize for not raising the alarm about that he just because Maddo asks him over and over again like you really didn't take this like it really didn't think you needed to get somebody else involved and yeah. he's like I really didn't think he was going to do anything I don't know if he knew that this man had 800 rounds of ammunition taken out of his well, home at one point. It's just wild. It is so, it is like, it is a spy movie. I keep talking about the cast of characters. Yeah. Also, I think if Parnas is going to protect himself from anything, it's definitely being implicated sure. in yeah. something that could be like violent. Like, this seems like the worst thing that's coming out of a yeah. lot of this. Um, I mean, there are big implications of a lot of what he said, but this is like the shadiest, like, most, when, when like... We, when you we when we got, when that news came out, I was texting everyone, and I was like, "Am I crazy, or does it sound like they're trying to assassinate an ambassador, or am I just blowing this out of proportion?" And you guys like hadn't fully like read it yet, and I was like, "No, there's no way it can be that." And then you like you you, see, you read it, and then you hear Lev Parnas talk about it, and it's just like, "It's," and then you like go back to her testimony. It's like, they weren't following her for a nice reason. No, yeah. they like, weren't. I think like, it was yeah. probably mainly intimidation. Yeah, yeah, they wanted to know. I I think that like. Their intention was to do something to scare her. 
yeah. I don't know what that would be. And, and I think that's because that's why she refused. When they kept being like, what did you think would happen? Like, I don't think she wanted to say straight out, I thought they were going to kill me. But she wouldn't not say that. She's like, you know, it sounded bad. What did you what would you think? Also, like just merely following someone around like that is an right. act of intimidation, even if they don't intend to ever like physically harm right. her. It's like mm-hmm. if you realize that someone is tailing you like yeah. that's really scary because you don't know what they're going to do. And like, do. you know what? Homegirl stayed in that job after an Ukra- a Ukrainian official told her. Watch your back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she still wasn't intimidated out of the post. Oh, I Imagine what, I mean, that also explains why, you know, when you watch her describe how she felt when she read in the phone call that Trump was like, she's going to go through some things after she had also been told by a Ukrainian official to watch her back. Terrifying. That yeah, it's fucking very terrifying. Scary. Very, very scary. Yeah. So that's all that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like we said, like, both the Trump and Penn's camps have responded like, this is a guy who is indicted. And he's out on bond, like his motivations, you can't trust anything he said, which is like what you said, like everybody that Trump associates with is shady. So they always have that defense. I found him somewhat credible. I'm struggling with whether, like what his motivations are. I mean, yeah. I know he's definitely going to get probably some sort of reduced sentence, but that actually has, I haven't seen any reporting on like any specific agreement. I think he's, I think he's trying to be like, okay, here's what I know. I have more knowledge to share with everyone. And then maybe, yeah. And then please make right. me not go to jail yeah right and i think there was even more that he said that maddow's team wanted to spend a little bit more time investigating yeah. and reporting on that i think related to pompeo yeah um and his knowledge or actions. i think it's interesting that they reached out to hide um and he was like no effing way what kind of bullshit question is that yeah <laughs> like in re- reference to adam chef that's right in the outline not a typo because i've made that typo before <laughs> yeah and he just keeps saying like i thought we were playing around because like in the text like parnas is not responding and the guy's like come on broski wake up and it's funny because he keeps saying like he'll send a text and parnas doesn't respond and then hides like come on wake up we gotta yeah. do this it's literally like 25 seconds later i looked at the time stamps. It's very sad why did he call him like yankee man at one point because he lives that in was new york weird. or yeah is Amer- american no, isn't that what no people idea. from the army from here call Americans I thought it was in reference to like Rudy Giuliani being booed at the Yankee game Mm. but then I don't think that they would want to bring that up yeah I have no idea so it'll be interesting to see how this you know factors into do you think Rudy Giuliani is going to get indicted anytime soon no I just feel like they are really good at finding these weird loopholes that keep their hands clean Mm. and very specific I mean, ways. maybe it's like the Southern District of New York did it. Maybe. But yeah. I, I don't feel... I feel like Rudy is protected a little bit yeah. by the, by his use of henchmen yeah. in general. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, also, I feel like the lengths that the actual... Like the Trump administration and the DOJ would go to to try to prevent Rudy Giuliani from being indicted are pretty extreme. Yeah. Should we move on? Let's move on to the election section. So for those of you who don't know, there was a debate this week. Uh, It was kind of a low key, low level one, six candidates. They talked about all the stuff they normally talk about. Yeah, it wasn't very. It was it was more substantive in terms of like uh, foreign policy. Yes. Which is like the first time we saw that, mm-hmm. I feel like. Because um, of all the Iran stuff. Yeah. We kind of, we kicked off with that. Talked about Joe Biden's vote on the Iraq war. Mm-hmm. Some, but the big story of the debate yes. is this sort of simmering battle, which was, you guys got into it on the Monday pod. Yeah, yeah. it had just between, broke and we talked about it. Between Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. So to recap, a story came out on CNN that in a private meeting in 2018, 
Bernie Sanders told Elizabeth Warren that he didn't think a woman could win the presidency. Mm. Bernie Sanders' campaign denies that this happened. Liz Warren then said, confirmed that it happened. This came up on the debate stage. Um, and honestly, it wasn't that it was crazy chill. of a moment. They both repeated mm-hmm. what they had yes. said. I think Warren keeps saying the words, he said he didn't believe a woman could win. I disagreed. Yes. And Sanders that's she said says, that over and over. I never said that. Yeah. Then Warren kind of had this really good viral moment where, where she talked about women's ability to win. That was over. But then, but, but. then, <laughs> at the end of the debate, Bernie Sanders approaches Elizabeth Warren to shake her hand. And Elizabeth Warren does not shake her, his hand. Yeah. And then they get into sort of like, you can tell, it's like a heated conversation. And also Tom Steyer's there. Yeah. <laughs> and Tom Steyer's standing I feel like there. that's the story of Tom Steyer's entire campaign. Yes. And, and also, also for Tom some Steyer's reason, there. Tom Steyer is there. Yeah. <laughs> and so that goes out. Everyone immediately is like, what happened between Bernie and Liz? Then yesterday... CNN magically finds the audio somehow. Someone at CNN found the so audio, weird. and I think they literally well, did say, "Like, sorry, it took us forever to find this, but we just found it." So well, because they have like they had they had like the microphones on the on the um, podium that yes. they would use, but they also wear mic packs. A little, yeah, little lobs. So anyway, the the podium mic I think is what picked it up, and basically you hear Elizabeth Warren. Going up to Bernie and saying, "You just call me. I think you just call me a liar on national television." We have the script. Do we have here. the clip? We, we have, have the script. We're not. Gonna, we're not going to play the clip, but we have um, the script. Do you want to play uh, Warren? I will play Warren, and I can play Sanders. Great. Okay. Um. Oh, and I'll also read stage direction, which is just Tom Steyer. Okay. Oh, did I? <laughs> I okay. don't. Hold on. Yeah, I remember Tom Steyer's contributions. So um. terrific. Actually, you know what? Why don't you play Warren? Okay. And. Okay. Brian plays Bernie, and then I will. I'll come in as as uh, as Tom okay. Steyer. I think you called me a liar on national TV. What? I think you called me a liar on national TV. You know what? Let's not do it right now. If you if you want to have that discussion, we'll have that discussion anytime. You called me a liar. You told me you know. You, let's not do this now. I, I don't mean to. Uh, I don't want to be in the middle. Uh, I just wanted to say hi to Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> Good, okay. Yeah, and then Bernie goes, yeah, good, okay. Yeah, and just good, walks okay. away. Which is literally everything. I say anything to my my 87-year-old Jewish grandfather, and he says, yeah, good, okay. <laughs> it's uh, it's a pretty, like, tense clip. It was yeah. awful. It, you can tell both of them are pissed. Yeah. Liz seems very pissed. Liz seemed very pissed. She, she like, seemed furious. She's, like, the one who walked up to him, and he took a shot at, like, he was like, okay, we're going to shake hands. And she was like, mm, no, no, sir. I don't think so. So, I mean, yesterday, this has been terrible over oh, Twitter. Twitter. This has horrible. been heartbreaking and awful, and I hate it. And I'm trying to talk about it as little as possible. But you guys, like, I know won't fight among yourselves because you just listen to us. So yeah. I don't know. You're just going to be like, put, anyone listen to this? I want to fight with you. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yesterday, things like lying Liz were trending, never Warren. Mm-hmm. Some of that was likely Russian bots, which people yes. were absolutely feeding by just being really obnoxious about it. I also think, and I noticed this with the Never Warren hashtag, is people start using the Never Warren hashtag to denounce the Never Warren hashtag. And then you go on it and the first 30 tweets are like, people who use the Never Warren hashtag are idiots. And I'm like, I don't disagree with you, but also let's maybe not not also use it ourselves (laughs) so that it continues to be the top trending thing. Here's the thing. People keep saying the Warren campaign is the one who like leaked this. It's like, it was a CNN story I have a hard time believing that she wants to have this conversation as much as he wants doesn't want to have this conversation. 
I feel like, why would she want to talk about the electability of a woman? That's I, what I don't understand. I think maybe like someone leaked Well, I it. think that what happened is, and I can't remember if like she confirmed this happened or there's a really good article by Rebecca Traster at The Cut called The Third Rail of Sexism. And she had, uh, she profiled Elizabeth Warren and describes that during that interview, Elizabeth Warren said that like people said this to her when she was running. This is before any mm-hmm. of this. People said this to her when she was running against Scott Brown in mm-hmm. Massachusetts, who was a Republican, like, you know, old second wave white feminists were like, you're going to drag the cause of women down because you're going to lose and it's going to make it even worse for us. So she's very sensitive about that. Like, I pers- she never wanted this to yes. be a part of it. I personally believe that because I have a hard time believing, honestly, either of them are out and out like full liars. Like yeah. they are no. like, I just don't think that that's true. I think that Bernie probably said something tactless at this meeting mm-hmm. that maybe isn't the exact words a woman cannot win, but it was something that Elizabeth Warren did not like yeah. that he said. And I think that story filtered down to members of her staff. I think that some, she probably was frustrated and told somebody in, in her staff. some capacity. And I do think that the staffs on both Bernie's campaign and Liz's campaign were like two weeks out from Iowa. I think they, as much as I personally don't agree, I think both of them kind of see each other as the enemy right now because both of them are trying to get like this progressive candidacy. Mm -hmm. I think Bernie's campaign has been waiting for a really long time to find a reason to call Elizabeth Warren a snake. I think Elizabeth yeah. Warren's campaign has been waiting for a really long time for a reason to call Bernie's campaign sexist. Mm. And now this thing has like exploded on the internet in a way that like is, I I think freaks me out for just both of their candidate I, viability. And, and it freaks me out for beating Trump. Yeah. I My thing is, is I don't see... First, like, I don't think attacking another candidate helps your candidate in any way, like on social media, like, like for support, like, like supporters in terms of like, you know, these hashtags, like, I don't think that like being like someone who was gonna vote for Elizabeth Warren is now gonna vote for Bernie because they saw someone angrily tweet how never how Warren is a centrist. These fights have no objective. Exactly. And the other thing is, I don't see it really affecting either of them in an Iowa caucus. I think what's I think tough, gonna hurt her. Well, I think what's tough is because the way the Iowa caucus works is that people rank. It's like a ranking system. So if one person becomes like no longer viable, then you have to like move to your so second you choice. Run to so Warner second Sanders, choices yeah. are really important in the Iowa caucus. Mm. And I think, I think what this hurts in general is just like the progress, but, the idea of getting a progressive candidate, because if the Warren people who are, if, if the Warren caucus goers and the Sanders caucus goers are no longer going to like put each other as second. Well, here's the thing. I also don't think people care as much in real life as they do on Twitter. I think a lot of people aren't on Twitter yeah. Yeah. as much as we are. You know what I mean? And yes. I feel like it's like, it seems like this whole big thing that is playing out. I really think it's just like, that it's it's the the it just seems much more on Twitter. Like I was thinking about this. Like, uh, my family is all like I have like si- I have three siblings. They're all married, and we're all in this like group chat. Me and my brother and my brother in law are maybe the most heavily on Twitter, and we're seeing what's going on. They have no idea. They're not like yeah. privy to this whole conversation happening, yeah. and they're like, okay. And I'm like, oh well, that's like six out of nine of us who yeah. don't who aren't paying attention to this. I know Fox News has been like kind of 
very giddy about what's going on. I think Iowans are also more tuned in than the average people person, yeah. and that's why this is like could affect something immediately. But yeah, but I do think that this is a fight that is probably if we're talking if we were talking to Bernie and Liz individually. Obviously, that was a very tense moment that happened on stage. But you have to think about like the adrenaline rush of like being on the campaign. You're two weeks from Iowa. Both of them are could very viably win Iowa. Like Bernie's yeah. Bernie's the front runner, but Liz is only like two or three points away. Like all of them are within like the statistical like they're in a statistical tie. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's like the pressure's fucking on. They know that they're gonna have to be like in this impeachment. Like I think they had a blow up as friends even. Obviously yeah. they disagree about what went down in this thing and I like I just have a hard time believing either of them is like maliciously lying. I think that what Rebecca Trace wrote is she was like, I don't deny that that's not what Bernie thinks he said, but I also believe that's what Elizabeth Warren heard. Yes, I think mm-hmm. it was because exactly. I think that's yeah, true. Sanders' response was like, we were talking about all of the things that led up to Trump's election, including yeah. misogyny. I think it's possible that the question was about again, if Bernie says he didn't say it, whatever. But I wonder if it came out as like, it's there are two questions, right? Like, can a woman become? win the presidency and can she win the presidency against Donald Trump those are two different questions because yeah. we tried a woman lost and now a lot of people think no woman no, no one can, can ever run do again which I don't subscribe to no. that no. Shit at all but it's I do I leave uh, endless room for a man to put his foot in his mouth while talking to uh, a wonderful yeah. f- like a, a, a female colleague you know what I mean like yeah. I just, I leave a lot of room for something like that to have happened. Yeah, I think it's just like it's it, it's just like these four candidates: Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, and Pete Buttigieg. Literally, any of them could win Iowa. It's it, it's there's, anybody's there's game. There's no yeah. way. Like I feel like no matter what poll happens at this point now, right, that's what she was just saying. Yeah, yeah. it's just, and know, that's why I think that's what freaks me out about it because with the way the Iowa caucus works and the fact that it's like you're basically you're basically getting a person's most fervent supporters because to participate in the Iowa caucus, you have to get someone to show up in the cold. Da da da. Yeah. So if this fight gets really nasty and the Warren people are so offended by what Bernie's saying that they're like, I'm not going to put Bernie second. I'm going to put Mayor Pete second. And then the Sanders people do the same calculation and they're like, I'm not going to put Liz second. I'm going to put Mayor Pete second. Mm-hmm. Guess who wins Iowa? Right. It's Mayor Pete. And not, I'm not saying that that's like a horrible like outcome but that, that could per- be what happens yes i'm personally i would like to have a very progressive candidate so f- uh, where i'm coming at it from is i really want like the most progressive candidate <sighs> i can get and i think that this hurts the progressive situation Wait, i mean the people that are like never warren it's like you're gonna not vote or vote for trump instead of elizabeth warren if she's the nominee yeah, yeah. is that because you're fucking like some white guy that goes to some expensive liberal arts college and none of this affects you that makes me really like a lot of us like people like that like don't i don't feel the harms that the trump admission is is causing every day it affects my mental health i'm stressed and anxious all the time but my life has not changed people's lives have been ruined they have been irrevocably changed they will that will continue to happen and you're gonna how dare you get on twitter and say that you're not gonna vote for elizabeth warren if she's the nominee it makes me so like what kind of fucking progressive you and honestly i wouldn't mind if bernie sanders addressed that yeah i mean i'm there's no person who i'm not voting for if they're the democratic nominee yeah I think both of them need to figure something out and say something before the Iowa caucus because I feel like like that situation you just e- mm-hmm. explained could happen to either of them. Yeah, and I yeah. don't think it's gonna. It's I don't think it's gonna help. I don't think the situation is helping either of them in any. No. Ex- any I mean, way. it could I think be a wash that. if like both of their people go to the. But if if and if 
collectively each of their people decides someone else is their number two and they come to the same conclusion, that person becomes, that person wins the Iowa caucus Mm -hmm. because of the way it gets configured. So I think that really they're just shooting like the progressive movement and both of their own chances in the foot by letting this even like get any more steam. And like, I I don't think Biden is doing well in polls in Iowa's, but if something happens where uh, Joe Biden wins the Iowa caucus and you're someone that doesn't want Joe Biden to win the nomination, we're fucked because Iowa is like, especially if a front runner wins Iowa, it feels over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just. It's wild that he doesn't do any interviews or like any appearances. And Biden. He's, he's yeah. Just, he's just like sca- sailing on through. I think it's just name recognition. That's why Steyer yeah. is like was able to buy his way onto the stage, which ended up being delightful. Yeah. I have watched that- Tom Steyer stand there during that clip. It makes me it's laugh. Epic. You can see the moment where he realizes, shit, they're fighting. <laughs> and then the moment where he's like, fuck, the cameras are on us. I can't just turn around and walk away right now. Uh, and then him being like, I'm going to have to say something and it's going to be, hi, Bernie. I also love, I also love, I also I don't want to get in the middle. <laughs> like, CNN clearly knew it was a funny moment because they could have cut out the clip right after the whole exchange. They're like, oh, yeah. and they, they like kept Tom Steyer there. Right? Like they the comedic, they knew the comedic relief would have, um, what was there. I know, they're right. like, maybe people won't be so mad at us about like, listen, I, people are also really mad at CNN about this things are newsworthy and you have to report on them but it is a little fucking fishy that they had this scoop the day before their own debate they brought it up in a really shitty way in the debate like basically elizabeth warren gave her side and then they i mean they 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 asked the question as if they believed exactly elizabeth warren's take on it Mm -hmm. they're like so bernie why did you say that (laughs) and he's like i didn't yeah and i think that's what honestly like led they, they made it such a dichotomy that it resulted in them essentially I mean, and I was talking to Elise about this this morning. Like, Elizabeth Warren doesn't go up to Bernie Sanders and say, you lied. He's, she says, you called me a liar, which I think acknowledges that they both think they have different understandings. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's telling her that hers is false. And she didn't, I don't know. I guess she told him the same thing. He was right when he was like, I guess you called me a liar. Yeah, I just do think it is like, you can see what CNN did a little bit here, which right. is like, release the story before the debate. Day. Bring up the story at the debate and then have the follow-up story come out the day after the debate. And stretch now, it on whole and now day. here I am on CNN.com. Here I am, CNN, CNN, CNN. So yeah. Yeah. I, I, I see you, CNN. I see you. I see Susan Collins. I see all of you. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So I see what you're I know, all doing. Anderson Cooper literally last night was like, yeah, it's so weird. We like just, we've been working all day to find this audio. It's like, really? Because... I think they had their mics literally on. Where did it go? <laughs> where Where was the audio? Nobody. People were like, well, we have other things to worry about today. Let's look for that audio later. Like, no. You had it right away and you decided to air it late into the day so you could have another. Because they didn't need it in the morning. They already had the story in the morning. And they also probably yeah. knew, oh, Anderson Cooper gets the highest ratings. Let's leave it on. Yeah, right. Anderson They're like, Cooper people will talk it. about this all day whether we release the audio or not. Whereas they might not tomorrow if we did. So let's yes. release it tonight. So That's it annoying. Is like- but then Lev Parnas was re- interviewed on Rachel Maddow. Now everyone's like, I know. Holy yeah. shit. That's true. Hopefully that will distract enough. And it's I like think it over. is. I think, I think it's also just like, okay, this number one thing, let's beat Donald Trump. Who cares about this little? Tiff. Yeah. All right. Finally. Oh my one god. More thing. Can we believe there's still one more thing? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yes. Um, President Trump has gotten back to one of his favorite hobbies this week, aka uh fucking with Puerto Rico for kind of no reason mm. because he is racist. So yeah. <laughs> he, he doesn't like the name Puerto Rico. Maybe if it was like um Port. Richard. 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 Yeah, yeah. Port, Port Richard. Richmond. 
He'd be like, oh, yeah, let's help out Port Richmond. Richport, which I guess is there what it means. Um, but, yeah, I mean, also, he ju- he found out that Puerto Rico is part of the United States three years ago, and he is mad about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, he he did not know that when he He's became... He's like, I wouldn't have run to be president of this yeah, country like, had I Yeah, I didn't know, know I was going to have to do Puerto Rico, too. <laughs> like, that's crazy. That so. wasn't on the application. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, he's never read a book. I need a Puerto but... Rico bonus. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. True, th- truly. Like, yeah. I could actually see him being like, if you want me to do Puerto Rico, that's extra. <laughs> totally. Like, it's like, uh, okay. Uh, um, but... So recently, Puerto Rico, uh, obviously, we remember they've they've still been suffering from the effects of Hurricane Maria, which is in 2017. Then recently, they were hit with a slew of earthquakes. It was actually over it was a slew 950 of earthquakes. earthquakes. A lot Jesus. of them only were like a one point. Like they didn't even you wouldn't even actually physically feel a lot of but these. I bet a lot of those ones that happened after the big ones, like if your house is almost about to fall down. And yes. Then you got a little one. Yes. It's not great. One uh, there was a big one. One was a 5.9, and I think there was one that also hit six. six point, there yeah. was a 6.4, and then a 5.9 aftershock. So okay. it's been, they've been it's been a series of earthquakes and aftershocks, which since we never helped them after Hurricane Maria, this has now fucked up their power grid again, which was a really big part of the damage that was done in Hurricane Maria. It was like trying to get the if you guys remember trying to get their power grid back on board and like. Just dealing with the fact that their power grid has been falling apart for a really long time. And we, we also, I think we said this on a recent podcast, that a lot of people die as a result of natural disasters because of the loss of power. Like, it's not always yes. the immediate impact of a storm. It's how sick you can get if, if you don't have power and you need it to be to continue to be right. alive. Like, think about the people who are in a hospital. Yes. Yeah. They need power. They need to be sometimes hooked up to ventilators to help them breathe. Right. So it's if not it's, just mm. like, oh, they're in the dark for too right. long. If a baby's in an incubator, like, like it's yeah. it's serious. We need, people need power. It's not just like, yeah, oh man, it's dark. We need <laughs> candles and play and just play some games. No. Uh, so the Trump administration has, it, they had been withholding emergency aid to Puerto Rico because again that's just what they like to do they have now sort of released that aid but they've imposed really severe restrictions on these billions of dollars worth of emergency relief to Puerto Rico so there are there are basically all these hoops that Puerto Rico has to jump through in order to be able to get access to the aid Um, this includes blocking them from like spending it on the electrical grid which is insane I don't know what they like why don't we help why don't we fix America's power grids so that every time they have a disaster, it mm-hmm. doesn't, this doesn't right. happen. Like if they invest in the power, right. Yeah. If they invest in fixing the power grid now, then the next time there's an earthquake or a hurricane, it's not going to completely fall apart yeah. again. But okay. They, they, this one I feel like is so nasty too. Uh, they made, oh. made sure you have to, they suspended the $15 an hour minimum wage for relief work. So I guess Puerto Rico has a rule that workers who are doing relief work, rebuilding the power grid, houses, whatever, earn $15 an hour. They said you cannot. You cannot right. pay You them. can't use this money you to pay people, pay minimum people wage. the minimum wage. Jesus. Which is insane for relief workers. Yeah. Um, and then they also, which I feel like is also just part of like humiliating them and making them feel less than, they, they now have to submit their budget to a fiscal control board and then the bo- control board will look at how the money is being spent because Trump has this idea that he's like, Puerto Rico is going to mismanage this money. And so they're putting in like all of these hurdles to make it harder and harder for them to get the aid. So the result of that is just like none of this gets fixed. 
And that's yeah. like, that's it. It's not fixed from Maria because of this shit. Right. They yeah. haven't gotten all of their federally funded, federally like approved, congressionally approved relief money yet. That's what this is, right? Yeah. 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 yeah this is all, it's all part of like the same I believe it's part yeah. of like the same package from Maria because it's yeah. been being held up and being held up and being held up. For this reason, their excuse is like, we just need to figure out like that. We've got to make sure, like find out some rules so that they actually spend it. It's like, couldn't you have not have done that before? So we could have gotten this to them the day, the first of 950 fucking earthquakes hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. That's it's crazy. wild. It's really, it's really sad the way yeah. that he treats people in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, goodness, goodness. So, I mean, I feel like this was enough podcast for two days. Yeah, Yeah. but we will be off on Monday for MLK Day. But we do have a really cool bonus episode. It's an interview that I did with her name is Heidi Seek. She's aware that her name sounds like hide and seek. We talked about it a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Um, She is this co-founder and CEO of Vote Pro Choice, which basically creates these voter guides uh, to make sure you're voting pro choice. And like you can. It was honestly, guys, this interview blew my mind because you you hear like vote down the ballot. And honestly, sometimes to me, I'm like snooze. I'm like, I know you just vote for Democrats, but you don't always. There are states where you do not always know if the Democrat is going to protect your right to end a pregnancy if you mm-hmm. want to. Mm-hmm. Like Louisiana has a governor that signed their abortion bill. And there are people down to like a coroner. And in some states, you can elect a coroner and a coroner can decide, for example, if there's a miscarriage or somebody needs to do an at-home abortion and it results in a miscarriage and the fetus does not survive, it's up to the coroner if they want to call that murder. So wow. like, it, get, it comes down to like these, oh, it's just so shady how, wow. the, how the anti-choice movement works. And there are all these, it just infects every little thing. And there's so much more that we can know. And this, but this group, they basically, very easy voter guides so that when you go to the polls, you can know that you're, you know, checking a box for somebody who's not going to, you know, call your sister's miscarriage a fucking murder mm-hmm. mm. um and by sister i mean all women and people yeah. that need or might need abortions yeah. so that was a that'll be out on monday and it really really blew my mind but it was one of those things where i was like i didn't feel overwhelmed after like oh my god this is so big so much bigger than i thought how do we do this she tells you how and it's really not that hard it's just like print out you know look at their guides and so find that in your feed Yay, on monday i'm excited to hear it yeah all right, guys, until the end of democracy, I'm Elise Morales. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Brian Smith. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast. The Sup is created by Sammy Fishbein. The show is produced by Amanda Duberman. Our editor is Sean Kilby. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. The newsletter is written by Elise Morales. Artwork by Brittany Levine. And be sure to follow us at, at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to Sup at Betches.com. 